So, Bri is uh, dressed uh, like Michelangelo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, although I can't see below the waist, I'm assuming no pants. Well, like turtles don't wear pants. Turtle. Turtles don't well, wear exactly. pants. I, it, I have to be in character. I mean, I have to be in character. I mean, like, there's so many different Michelangelo voices, I don't even know where to start anymore. <sighs> anyway, yeah, I'm not wearing pants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can hear it. <laughs> I can hear it. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you know what they say about turtles. <laughs> they have huge... This may appear to be only monkey business, but in reality, it's very serious, ladies. Zero issues coming podcast. Zero issues, zero issues. Zero issues coming podcast. Excelsior! Brian is stuck to that seat. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You want to hose that down after. Yeah, I think I will. I think I will. Or just burn that chair. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Yeah. Hey, well, welcome to this week's episode of the podcast that we all do, which is oh. called That's Right Burn Zero Bri's Issues. Chair. Zero <laughs> yeah. Issues. The comical mm. podcast. Yep. Uh-huh. And uh, we, we got some turtle power this week. Uh, who, who are we turtle power wise? What is your turtle power name? Well, my turtle power is the ability to go incredibly slow, and I'm... Kyle. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was supposed to say something there. It seemed like... <laughs> well, I mean, you could have interrupted me. I mean, it's, it's I all... I could have. Cowabunga and Kyle, I would have played along, gladly. Cowabunga yeah. Kyle. I yeah. like that. Oh, okay. There you go. Who are you? That's good. Uh, me. Well, I mean, I'm clearly Michelangelo, but secretly, uh, I am... Brycolangelo? Brycolangelo. I like that. That's good. That's me now. I'm Mercatello. Ah! No, oh, I got a, oh, I got okay. a sour face. He has to do another one. They're like, excellent! Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, I was thinking about it, and actually, all of our names would fit probably best of all into Michelangelo. Michelangelo, Michelangelo, yeah. yeah, and of course, Michelangelo Kyle. Heroes in a Turtle Power! So yeah, we're, we're Turtle Mode. The new Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem movie's coming out, which is... I, Apparently, it's like 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, and everyone who's seen it says it's like really, really, really good. So, I mean, well, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see I, it on when yeah. it comes out. I I'm I actually made plans, and they were confirmed as we were starting to record the episode. Oh, so. oh there you right. go. And, uh, you know, I want to... going to bring a kid, even. Yeah. <laughs> This is, uh... I don't know which kid. Just some kid no, along just, the just way. just some kid. We'll pick up a kid on the way. Yeah. That Ninja Turtles arcade machine uh, is going to be real... There's going to be a lineup on that, boy, boy. There's going to be, like, I a... I think of that. A velvet, there's going to be a velvet rope. It's going to be... Oh, boy. I have, I'll have to wear my Michelangelo hoodie in order to even be let in to see mm. it. And no pants. On that day. And, well, I mean, yeah. 
<laughs> but they bring you a special thing for the seat. So yes. you're bare to yeah. the bottom. Yeah, yeah. And they, and they bring you a special bucket of popcorn with a hole in it. At the top, <laughs> so you can get to the popcorn. Yeah. And your penis. <laughs> Great! Heroes in a half shell. I think maybe it's time for a warm-up. And whoa, whoa, whoa. Is this a secret surprise warm-up? It is a secret surprise warm-up. Listen more. Do it. Welcome to the warm-up. This week for the warm-up, the guys don't know that I'm doing this. Oh, you know, they'll find out later. I'm sitting down with a uh, noted scholar, just a smart guy, well-read, uh, Essa Kaltamaki, uh, who recently read The Last Ronin and, you know, thought it was a good book. And uh, I wanted to know why, because I don't really like it that much, but I want, I want to be proven wrong because people like this and I want to know, I want to know how I can like it too. Yeah, that's fair. First of all, I'd like to say that was a fantastic introduction and I'm, I'm, quite pleased at how you characterized me Uh, that being said you know I think I'm a little bit apprehensive about trying to convince you of this because I do feel like your comics knowledge is much more vast than mine so uh, but I do have some ideas that uh, I'm happy to talk about okay so to start with I'm seeing you've got your copy of it here Uh, it's a it's a beautiful hardcover uh, trade that you you were able to read it all in one sitting Yes. Um, whereas I think part of my issue with it is that I read it as issues uh, uh, <laughs> uh, over the course of, what, six months or something like that as it was coming out. Do you think that reading it all helped you to digest it a little more easily than if you had to wait you know, months in between? Yeah, I think for sure, um, because, you know, there's a little bit more connection between the pieces or at least you feel that connection, right? Like mm-hmm. obviously the different parts are sort of little disparate vignettes that connect the broader story. But I do think that reading it all in one setting does connect it. I also think that one sort of ancillary part of me reading it all at once is being someone who's a little bit less tapped into the sort of broader comics world might have benefited me to a certain degree. Like, for example, I thought one of the things that worked really well about this was the reveal that... Can I... Oh, yeah. Spoilers are okay? I mean, it's... I think it's been out for... Just about a year now, I think it's absolutely okay. Yeah. Okay, well, the ultimate reveal that the, the last Ronin is Mikey. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that worked really well, and I didn't see it coming. And I learned after the fact, after I'd read it, just by reading about this on the internet, that amongst the, the comics community, that was a hot topic of conversation. It so was. I feel like not only does me reading it all in one sitting impact and kind of make it a little bit more cohesive to for me, at least I'm assuming in my reading experience, but also in comparing myself to someone like I would imagine your experience was there is less buildup, um, you know, less anticipation and things just feel a little bit more fresh and exciting. I didn't even know that this was happening. I went to the comic book store okay. and, and asked, you know, I'm looking for some recommendations for some uh, contained Ninja Turtles graphic stuff, right? right? I didn't want to necessarily jump into something that was an ongoing series. Um and this was a recommendation that I continuously got. So I picked it up, and I loved it. Well, that's it. No. Uh, <laughs> sorry, you put a really good button on it, though. <laughs> to, I guess to go off of that, uh, what, what did you find really worked about the book? You know, I think one of the things that works really well about this book, and again, you know, I'm just going to speak from my own perspective, obviously. Speak from the heart. Yeah. 
I think that it ties in a lot of the old turtles, at least as I understand them, mm-hmm. by which I mean the original Mirage run, while also kind of integrating the more, uh, I don't really know how to put this, but the sort of cartoon and toys and movie spinoffs that kind of came from right. that. Although I would say that the movie spinoffs were, at least the first one in part, was kind of more Mirage, like original Mirage. Yes, oh yes, it was very, very <clears throat> Mirage influenced. Yeah, so to that respect, I think like, I think one of the things I liked about this that I thought worked really well was the way it kind of plays with family and legacy. Obviously, you know, the last Ronin, again, apologies for the spoilers, but... uh, It's too late now, you can't take it back. (laughs) But this is, I think, meant as a story that sort of caps off the broader Ninja Turtles uh, narrative, right? Mm -hmm. Like... And I think I read somewhere on the internet that actually um, Laird and Eastman had conceived of this ending way 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 back yes. in the beginning is that right yeah yeah as, as i'm sure you you're probably a, a somewhat aware um the turtle sort of started as uh, a pastiche of frank miller's daredevil run so you've got like the hand is the foot stick is splinter you know it's, it's a bunch of mutant ninjas fighting other ninjas and i was i was doing a little reading uh just in advance of this and thinking, like, this is very much like the, the Dark Knight Returns of Ninja Turtles. And thought, like, did they have that in mind when they conceived of it? And, and looked it up and uh, didn't realize at the time, but now know that while Ninja Turtles first came out in 1984, uh, the Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller's, you know, the, the uber Frank Miller, wasn't out until 1987. Hmm. So I was like, were they reading that? And we're like, we should do it version of this in like 30 years yeah or 40 years well eventually well when we get around to it (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. uh oh that's interesting i had no idea about the daredevil stuff but yeah i think one of the ways that it touches back on that older stuff that i thought was particularly successful as i mentioned was the kind of the way it sort of more broadly deals with the ideas of family and legacy and i think you know thinking about the original movie Mm -hmm. which came out in what was that 1990 i think so yes I think one of the sort of underlying broader thematic conflicts in that movie is that the Ninja Turtles themselves are a family, you know, being raised by Splinter, who obviously is a different species, not their biological dad, right? who himself was raised by a human man in Japan and then Mm -hmm. New York. Obviously, you know, no biological link there. And the way it sort of just connects their family unit and April, and going back to the 1990s movie, the original movie, there's a lot of scenes in that movie where Shredder and um, what's his right hand man's name? Uh, I think it's Tetsu. Yeah, Tetsu. Yeah. yeah. There, there's a lot of like you know, in talking to the the corrupted youth mm. of the film, we are your family. Yes. You are the cast out. You know, we have made this community. That ultimately, I think the film positions as a sort of like false community, right? There, there's no actual uh, family there. Even at the end, if I remember correctly. Casey Jones confronts Sam Rockwell, right? And says yeah. something like, this is family. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's kind of like, you call this over here and that there family? You call this pile of guts that I crush in a trash compactor family? <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so I think that that is a sort of, um, again, at least in my understanding of the Ninja Turtles, has been a kind of central-ish concern, at least on a background level. Mm-hmm. And I think that this, this book did a really great job of capturing that in a number of ways. Obviously, you know, the legacy of the Turtles. But then thinking about um, Casey, too, who, again, spoilers, is Casey and April's daughter. Yes. She's obviously the descendant of Casey and April. So that is like, you know, a biological literal family unit. Mm -hmm. But I thought the choice to have 
it slowly revealed that she has mutant powers that she gained through her parents just being around the turtles mm-hmm. and Splinter for long enough. And it kind of established a broader sort of extra biological family unit yeah. through that sort of like uh, mutagenicity. And I, I just thought that worked really well because it sort of builds that back into the story, right? Like, you know, this is a new Casey, but it's family from there. But she also is descended from the turtles, right? So that sort of like ongoing heroism is still an aspect of the turtles. Because, again, I, I'm missing background here because I haven't kept up with the turtles. But the book starts with Mikey swimming to New York yeah, from wherever he's been. I don't know if it's meant to be, you know, that's immediately following the sort of Japan trip that he takes that is revealed in later. In the flashbacks, yeah. Yeah. But either way, it feels like it's implied he hasn't been around for a while, right? Yes. So Casey 2's kind of like gang, I don't know, fills that in, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's part of what I really liked about it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, their their broader content stuff. Like, I thought the artwork was great. And yes. correct me if I'm wrong, but I like that they kind of mixed sort of different generational styles. Um, I like that the flashbacks were kind of in, or at least evoked the original Mirage kind yes. of artwork. Yep. I thought that was really great. I thought that the ending where, again, spoiler, it reveals that all the turtles are, well, the, after Mikey dies and they're all kind of together in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. That sort of seemed to evoke to me the late 80s, like, cartoony kind of Ninja Turtles. Yes, yeah, it sort of had that vibe. Yeah, because critically, you know, when we do see Mikey in this story, he's wearing red, which is very early Turtles, right? Like, pre-cartoony toy Turtles. And in that flashback at the end, if I'm not mistaken, Mm -hmm. they're all in their sort of, like, iconic blue, purple, orange, red. And that's actually interesting, because I have not reread it since reading the original issues and didn't notice that. So there's there's another point for, for reading this thing altogether, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, it really worked for me. I, so I really appreciated that. I think that I think your comparison to the Miller's Batman work mm. is good in terms of like capturing the darkness. But I do think that this this story at its heart does have a lot of lightness, you know, and a lot of sort of hope. I do think it was a bit of an unfortunate step. Maybe unfortunate isn't right, but um, I thought it undercut some of what the book does at the end by having Casey 2 seemingly raising a new generation of Yes, and, and they have continued that in uh, there's sort of a sequel book that's coming out now where uh, half of it is, is flashbacks to see what Michelangelo was doing all those years, and the other half is uh, Casey and April sort of raising these new turtles. I I really think that... I'm I'm still not entirely sure how I feel about this book. You haven't entirely convinced me yet, but I do wish that they could just leave it alone at that. Yeah, that seems like the curse of, uh, of IP at that point, yes. right? You can't, you can't just ever have something end. It has mm-hmm. to keep going. And I, I certainly would agree that I think that that undercuts some of what they're trying to say about family and legacy, right? Like the turtles, now she's raising this new crop, and I don't know, it just, it just doesn't feel true to the story of what the Ninja Turtles are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think between that and uh, the villain, uh, who is given some development, but... At, at the end of the day, it's it's not Shredder. It's Shredder's grandson. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why should I care about this? Why should I care about this person who... They're, they're angry because their grandfather was killed by someone whose grandfather was killed by someone else. It's, it's you know, the, the cycle of violence, um, which has been an ongoing part of, of Turtle's lore. But at this point, it, it's so far disconnected. It's like, why do, I, why do I give a damn about this guy and what he wants? He's just generic... I'm bad. Yeah, that's fair. And I think also to a degree, um, 
the way they handle even his sort of like rising from head of the foot or into head of the foot mm-hmm. into like the quote unquote present day of the story yes is pretty sloppily handled it's not super clear how the entire like peace talks process worked what was going on how the sort of destruction that he he wreaked upon the broader mm-hmm. um the broader uh, ninja community, let's say, took place. <laughs> the um, ninja community. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I did think that that was sloppy. That being said, like, and maybe this is actually supporting what you're saying, but I do think to a degree he functioned well as a kind of thematic stand-in for, again, some of the stuff I was talking about earlier, right? I, I think the choice to have him seemingly randomly kill Karai mm-hmm. toward the end of the story, which probably struck people... Some readers, I would imagine, is like, well, why did they even bother to have her like survive? So he could show how evil he was. I think that, but I think it also goes back to the early movie and some of the points I was making. Whereas, like, the Ninja Turtle family is a family unit, regardless of biological connections, you know, mutagenetic connections, Mm -hmm. social connections, whatever. And the Foot Clan, no matter what, no matter how much of a control, uh, you know, the Oroku Clan has on the ninja community right. <laughs> that ultimately you know that is a that is a frail sort of uh um community structure right and that it's fake yeah so he kills his mom because ultimately you know he has all this sort of talking to oh i'm gonna avenge you i'm gonna avenge grandfather blah 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 but like you said more or less he's just evil which sure is a little bit sort of heavy-handed and you know i think you could criticize that potentially as lazy uh but i i just think works with the thematics of the of the story right. yeah i you know what i i agree with that <laughs> you're doing a much deeper reading of this book than i did i think <laughs> and but like that's that's entirely valid um maybe i should go back and actually pay attention to the thing how how do you feel about this potentially or i i think very likely uh becoming uh, a part of the, the legacy of, of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and, and likely a story that will be revisited in other media in the Oh, that's a great question. Because they're already working on a video game. Yeah, I, I did see that. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, well, you know, to one respect, I think we have to acknowledge that part of the legacy of the Ninja Turtles, the early legacy, was mm-hmm. commercialization and selling toys and creating these different Absolutely. media franchises. Um, well, I mean, obviously selling comic books is part of that, but I think that there are steps beyond that, right? Like once they went to the four different colors and mm-hmm. uh, you already know this. I think Yeah, part- but they might not. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Um, I think part of one of my apprehensions, and maybe you share this, I don't want to speak on your behalf, but as an older millennial, it pained me to see the turtles are all dead. Yes. Splinter's dead. Yeah. KC1 is dead. I mean, it's not the first time I've seen Splinter die, and it probably won't be the last time I see Splinter <laughs> die. Why do they keep killing my dad? <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, that stuff is always, I think, difficult to confront, the sort of steady passage of time, be it in the cultural texts that kind of define either our our childhood or our ongoing relationships with art and the different intellectual properties with which we sort of can identify. You know, I think you and I probably grew up on a lot of the same kind of like, you know, Star Wars and Ninja Turtles. So definitely that. But ultimately, I think in the broader context of this sort of canonical legacy of Ninja Turtles that you kind of alluded to, I think I'm okay with this being part of it. I wonder if, and even having, like I mentioned, a fairly limited understanding and familiarity with the Ninja Turtles, obviously I grew up with the cartoon, I've seen all the movies a billion times, I wonder future generations, you know, coming to this book without any sort of like foreknowledge, 
how much it works for a reader, right? Okay. Like we talked earlier about how part of what made this book successful for me is that I wasn't aware of all of the work going into it. Yes. And so I kind of hit it fresh and hit it all at once. Whereas you were, you know, familiar with the discourse leading into it and then read it in its episodic kind of mm. form. Yeah, so I just wonder about future generations. Like I mentioned earlier, when I when I picked this up, I went into comic book stores and asked, I want a Ninja Turtles book, I want it to be uh, self-contained yep. and uh, what are your recommendations and this kept coming up right? oh yeah like I don't think that there's a lot of other options honestly yeah and I think that in that sense this could be unfortunate maybe isn't quite the right word but um, and I'm not trying to be a gatekeeper but this isn't necessarily the first thing that I would want to introduce someone meeting the Ninja Turtles to, right. Here's, right yeah here's a story they're all dead yeah they're all well there's one oh wait he's dead too now mm-hmm. yeah and even if you know, they're familiar with uh, Frank Miller's work and they understand the broader sort of comic legacy outside of Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. that this is kind of speaking to. Um, they're still going to be missing a ton of Ninja Turtles context that will A, either make the story um, nonsensical or B, just some of the elements just won't work for them as a reader, right? You right. can't parse connections that you don't have the sort of foreknowledge for. Fair enough. Yeah. I think that's all I've got. Is there anything that you'd like to add? Yeah, I, I I don't know. I feel like this has been a great conversation. I agree. Yeah, I agree. This is delightful. It's always good to get a different perspective on something because, you know, I, I read the first issue and I enjoyed it and it seemed to diminishing returns because I knew every issue um, and it may not come come through the same in the trade, but every issue is like, okay, there's going to be a flashback where one of them dies. I'm going to see how this one dies in this mm-hmm. issue and uh, and it's going to move the story along a little bit and then I'm going to get there. but. I do think that there is some credence to to reading it as a graphic novel. You know, luckily, anyone listening now, if they haven't read it yet, uh, they can do that because that's how the passage of time works. (laughs) Absolutely. So good for you, you dicks. (laughs) I did want to talk about one other thing. Please, please. And I want to hear your take on this. Okay. But I thought the choice to have the Ronin be Mikey was a great choice. And I think that in part that speaks back to part of what I was talking about earlier about how this book speaks to both the original Mirage legacy, mm-hmm. the sort of, uh, I don't know, what we'll call the cartoon toys legacy, the ongoing Nickelodeon legacy, and the movie's legacy in that I think to a degree, Mikey has sort of always been um, the least developed of the Turtles. Yes. He kind of, to me, has always sort of represented the kind of silly most like teen element of Mm -hmm. them right yeah obviously he's the jokester so i think having him be the last ronin does a great job of kind of a really making it clear to the audience the impact that everything that has led up to now has had on him because it's quite a change and then also gives an opportunity for mikey stands to see their character developed and um you know living a sort of more developed uh, internal life yes um so i thought that was that was a nice choice um i think probably most people and maybe this is just because of the red people not familiar with the original all four being red legacy mm-hmm. might have thought it would be wrath because it's kind of like darker angsty right. but yeah i thought that worked really well i don't know what did you think about that i i think there was no other choice to have made like i don't think it would have worked nearly as well if it had been anyone maybe donatello and that's that's a strong maybe you know, in retrospect, it absolutely had to be. It wouldn't work with anyone else. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good point. 
I just thought it was a great choice, especially yeah. because, and I don't know if you shared this experience, but mm-hmm. being someone who encountered, again, as an older millennial, I encountered the Ninja Turtles quite young. Yes. And I feel like most young people encountering the Ninja Turtles for the first time really gravitate to Mikey. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I, I think the, uh, not the most recent cartoon, but the one before that, they, they were sort of pushing Donatello. And if you ask younger kids now, a lot of them will say Donatello. Interesting. Because he was... He was a little quirkier. He had like a cute little crush on ape, stuff like that. Um, but I think you go back to, to anyone, you know, older than 15, maybe, because there have been various versions. They're, they're probably going to say Mike. Yeah. And you don't think any of that has to do with sort of a Corey Feldman renaissance? Um, I don't <laughs> believe that we are in a Corey Feldman renaissance. <laughs> he has yet to peak. <laughs> yeah. He's like Daffy Duck. He hasn't peaked yet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's all I really wanted to uh, add. I think my relationship with the Ninja Turtles has changed in the sense that I was an early Mikey stan. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older, you kind of realize like, oh, to a large degree, Raph, although just being kind of constructed early on as just generally angry and angsty, is largely like the most developed of the Turtles, right? Oh, you, absolutely. You kind of see his emotional relationship with his brothers the most. You see the way everything affects him the most. Like, he becomes... He, he's... See, you said earlier that that Michelangelo is the most teenage of them, and I would probably argue that a lot of the time is Raphael. He's he's just a raging ball of hormones, and he's always so angry. Uh, I don't know about your teenage experience. I wasn't always angry, but there were times (laughs) when I was angry, and I didn't know why. Yeah, no, that's a a really fair point. Um, Yeah, that's a great point. I don't know. I guess, ultimately, I just wanted to say that I thought the choice to have Mikey there was great. I Um, agree. I agree. Like I said, um, I don't think it would have worked any other way. If it were Leonardo, then it just would have been, yeah, of course Leonardo is going to beat up all these guys. Of course, it's Leonardo. Come on. Mm-hmm. But it being, you know, the the turtle who was always sort of, you know, the kid brother, the one who had to push himself more just to keep up with the other guys, uh, I think it worked great for him to be the titular last Ronin. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, that's that. Thank you, Essa. Thank you very much for uh, for joining me for this. Thanks for having me on. Hey. I don't know what that is. <laughs> you know I'm joking. Oh, God. Yeah, Just of course. fucking stop recording now. So what did you think of my surprise, having heard it? I loved your surprise. I am surprised. Yep. Okay, so I know that Merc didn't listen to it. <laughs> what about I still have Rye? to lend you those comics. I think very good points made. Uh, I mean, I listened to, listen to I it. Did. I listened to some of it. I listened to some of it. I didn't listen to the. Bri thinks the I'm end. boring. I don't think you're boring. I like you a lot. No, no, it was good. It was a lot of good Bri points thinks made. Essa's boring. I got like halfway through, and it's then okay. I was busy. It's it's, it's okay. You know, I'll have I'm heard it by the time this. Airs. He had to take his pants off. I did you know again. Like tease. I. I do absolutely understand, like, there was good perspectives made on that and a lot of things I agreed with about, like, you know, kind of how that comic worked, so, uh, you know, and what the appeal was, so, I, yeah, I, it, was a, it was a good listen, and thank you, thanks for being on the show. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have not read this series yet, and I've been... Well, yeah. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get it from Bri at some point. At some in point in the future. I, at some point. Well, I, uh, I had yeah, I, don't, I don't really want to discuss the series in too depth. Yeah. Too much depth until I actually read it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So how do you feel about the idea that it was all a dream? 
Oh, it was all a story that, that Michelangelo like. was writing. And then on the last page, he turns to the cat and he says, what do you think? Too far-fetched? Yes. Oh, uh, you know, that's always good. <laughs> that's a cut. Now that's a deep cut. Yeah, absolutely. And I got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I have that issue, that. actually. I think I have that it's issue. It's a good issue. It's a very it's a good, good issue. issue. I love that issue. What the f- Uh, but anyway, what we're doing this week in the main topic, because we haven't seen the new movie yet, so we can't really speak no. to it. Um, what we're doing, because it's August, hey, it's August, we're doing a March Madness. Because <laughs> sometimes it's, we do them in August. It's normal. It's a normal thing to do. Well, who wouldn't yes. do that? Yeah. yeah. Well, wouldn't? it's August Oddness. Yes. Is yes. We do. yes. Yes. We have March with, Madness, with an August Oddness, and the uh, the Celery Day Stock Slam, <laughs> where we... Uh, <laughs> Pit October, and, or we pit Celery Christmas day, characters yeah. against Halloween characters, right? Um, as as so, you must. With, with with this August oddness, it's a it's a bit of a, a mutant madness August oddness because it's all Ninja Turtles characters. Teenage mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, and there's a lot of them, and a lot of variations of them. A lot of variations there because there have been so many different takes on on the Ninja Turtles and their you know surrounding cast. So we we tried mm-hmm. to pick some from just about everywhere, uh, and we're gonna make them fight for our amusement. Fight. I mean it's it's it is a manner of honor. You must you must avenge. I assume somebody. Yes, and that's why they're here. Heroes in a half shell, turtle power. First match is going to be Karai. And I believe this is this is Mirage Karai. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and it's, it's an all it's it's an all Mirage uh, death match because they're Ooh. fighting the Mirage Fugitoid. Oh my! Professor, this Professor one isn't David Tennant, as far as you know. Yes, that's right. Professor Honeycut. Does he have a first name? Chet. Oh, I offhand well, Ch- I should Chet know this. was who he lied about being in the IDW book. Anyway. Yeah, yes, yes. There's lots just of chats. a robot nerd. Just, this could just be like a chat battle to the death. Yeah. It's every chat, chat versus chat. To the yeah, exactly. Versus it's, Matt uh, Murdock. <laughs> Zayton. <laughs> Professor Zayton Honeycutt. Yes. Ah. And then the robot named Sal. Professor Satan. And then they got, they got their brains all mix-mashed uh, between each other. And then, uh, well, I mean, one of them died in a human body, so hey, it's the Fugitoid. What's up? Yeah. He's a fugitive toid. He's he's part fugit, part toid. <laughs> All fugitive toid. Yeah. Alright, well I guess I gotta fight. Um Yeah, I mean Fugitoid is not really much of a fighter. No, he's kind of pacifistic really most of the time. He's not you know, he he's certainly a bit of a nerd. could he certainly could if he had to. He is in a robot body, so I figure if he had to do it, he probably would and has. He's but. probably got some sort of guns that flip out of his shoulders or something. He's gotta. He's a Why would fancy you not? robot. If you're a robot, yeah. You could, absolutely. There's no reason not to. He's got room in there. He's got those big chunky, you know. But it would just shoot oil. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he only wants to fight other robots and also give them mm-hmm. delicious oil that That's they true. love to drink and rub on their bodies. Exactly. Cry exactly. is a is very a deadly thing. ninja. Yes, she yeah, is. Yeah, it's definitely a sex thing. 
Karai's a very deadly, yeah, yeah. and the, the Mirage Karai in Which particular, is also usually, we're, <laughs> we're used to, like, Karai being, like, the Shredder's daughter, or, like, a descendant or something. Right-hand of, man of or the Shredder. Yeah. yeah. But in the original right Mirage comic, she was actually, like, you know, head honcho of, like, the Japan Foot Clan, who... Mm-hmm. And the Shredder, Rokusaki, was a f- idiot who just, like, f- New York so bad. Yeah. And she had to come in there to fix things. So very different situation. She's about as, like, experienced and on the, you know what I mean? She's she's something to contend with. <laughs> yes. And, I mean, she often is in the, you know, the adaptations as well. But, I mean, they tend to, like, you know, youngin her up and make her more subservient instead of being... Uh, a ninja boss babe, I think she would call herself. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, like... So th- so they westernized her, is, is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Don't worry, they they treat women poorly all over the world. <laughs> yeah, really it's, if you were worried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I think, I think this that, is, uh, this, this is, a, a robot's gonna get chopped up by, uh, by yeah. a lady. That's yeah. the thing, it's like, he might fire the oil, and she might slip on it, but I don't think she'd actually fall down, because this is, she's a... She would use the like, oil motion and slide right in and... Yeah, it would, it would... not just slide in on one knee and just... Yep. <laughs> ching, 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 every limb yep. off. Thankfully, like, you know, she doesn't, like pierce the head or anything so he's still alive technically but you know he's very embarrassed really he's very embarrassed yeah, yeah he, and, he'll put himself together later like yeah. Astar yeah <laughs> he can do it but you can't guess who can't <laughs> find out after this break Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles will return after these messages Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We're right back. Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the with the commercials where they don't they don't have the actual voice actors, but they've got like people who are somewhat similar to. They're trying. <laughs> Yo, dudes! I'm Michelangelo. <laughs> I'm Michael Bungie. Angelo. Wait, it's one word. I'm Angelo. a Michelangelo. <laughs> <laughs> it's accurate. I'm a Michelob. Ooh, yeah. yeah. We now return to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, right. so Cry wins, right? That was that was easy. Yes, Cry uh, wins. Next up is Cuddly the Cowlick. Uh, oh, yeah. Would you like to introduce who Cuddly the Cowlick is, Bry? Cuddly the Cowlick is a big space cowhead that has like uh, a collar that's like a like a spaceship kind of a deal. Who just flies you through space super fast, and he... How does he, he do that? Oh, he does it by, like, licking you up into his mouth. So you gotta be in this giant cow's mouth. Uh, as, he, as he's Like, how giant are we talking? Like, like, very giant big. So that he can literally just... At least yeah, four yeah, turtles. At least mouth. four turtles can comfortably be seated inside <laughs> of his mouth. <laughs> And a chaise lounge. Yes. Oh yeah. There's probably like yeah. there's probably some furniture in there. I mean, I guess you could just like pop he's a squat a on the lounge, molar. He's got a fainting chair. Know. He's got everything that isn't quite a chair and not quite a couch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all in there. And yeah, it's just like a flying cow head. There's no cow body. It's just a cow head with like a thing. Yeah. Like it's in the head museum and it flies through space. It's great. He's just. Oh, it's from the Archie okay, comics. Good. It's from the Archie comics. Has shown up in the IDW comics recently, but 
that's an Archie character. And if they if NECA makes a big cow head, I will buy it. <laughs> and so Cuddly the Cowlick is going to be fighting the last Ronin. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, but it's not the last Ronin now because there's no. another last last. The, Ronin. No, there's too many the last Ronin. Penultimate Ronin. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I feel like old LR, as we call the last Ronin. Mm-hmm. Old <laughs> would, uh, lefty righty. Yeah. Would <sighs> see. Here's the thing. Because okay, we we did we did go through we did go through the the warm up. There were spoilers. We know the, who the last Ronin is. We don't have to be secretive about it there's a bit of a relationship between these two characters there is but these or at least a different them, version of michelangelo yeah. but i feel like that would hopefully be universal i feel like michelangelo is not gonna f- want to fight the wait did i say too much no it's fine we, we know it's okay. michelangelo everyone oh, right, knows right. it's michelangelo yeah, yeah, yeah. michelangelo would yeah. not want to fight cuddly like would not want to do it i don't care just would not want to do it but has had to do a lot of things he doesn't want to do mm-hmm. A lot of things he doesn't want to do, and it's very unfortunate. Um, yeah, he had, to, he had to put a lot of people in his mouth. Uh, <laughs> cut that. No. Cut that, please. Yeah. Don't well, who's cut doing that. it? Do cut that. <laughs> oh, Mert no. Merc egged me on. You're in trouble. We're both in trouble. Uh, he was doing hand gestures and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And mouth um, gestures. That said, I mean, like, a giant cow head. Mm-hmm. What are the rules? That, what are you gonna do? Yeah. What are you gonna do? He's just like, can you? I mean, like, I guess you could. You know, if the cow decided to lick you up and put you in his mouth and like fly into space, or what are you? Are you gonna kill the cow head when you're in space? That doesn't yeah. seem like a good idea to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't really. You can't choke a cow head out because there's no neck. You can't. You could like make it swallow its own tongue. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't... Colombian necktie, this cow in oh space. Oh, my God. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> or you just cut it's out dark. its tongue, and then it can't lick you up. And it can't scream for help. As it bleeds out, lying on oh, the no. ground as a giant, bloody, severed head. Well, it was, al- it was already severed. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you think Cuddly's body is somewhere... <laughs> Just also flying around. And it feels everything, but can't do anything. Yeah. It's just like running around in space with the thing on the other side of the neck. Cuddly's been trying to find it. (laughs) And it propels by farting. Yeah. Of course. I think this is a no-brainer. I think this is... Yeah, totally Cuddly, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I I was joking. Like, I feel like Mikey could knock him out or something. I just feel like... Cuddly, Cuddly has one move, and it's Don't, licking you up. It's like you hitting up. the side of a building. Yeah, yeah. he's got one of those I'm gonna knock guns. out. I'm going to knock out a, a bus. Cuddly's got one main move, and that's literally, yeah, he'll he's going to scoop you up in his mouth and fly into space, and Mikey's, he's just going to be like, fine, I quit, I surrender, get me out of your mouth, and then they're just bros. Okay. I think we have a title. I think we have a title, folks. <laughs> Get me out of your mouth. We're bros. <sighs> I mean, I don't know if that's going to be good for search engine optimization, but what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be great. Okay. <laughs> it might be yeah. great. It our, might our, be our, great. First, our first episode oh, no. will be more incognito listeners. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of a lot of very disappointed. Instead of bros, reviews. can they be step bros? Yeah, I think that's <laughs> yeah. It's very important. <laughs> 
Next up, uh, from the Archie Comics, also from the Archie Comics, just oh, like yeah. uh, the aforementioned Cuddly, uh, we have Belly Bomb. Uh, Belly Bomb is an intergalactic terrorist. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got uh, one big eye on that's like kind of on a stalk. Uh, yeah. And below yeah. that is his, his big old toothy mouth, which his is belly. takes up all of his torso. Yeah, okay. it's, it's yep. his belly. Um, right. He's got regular arms and legs. He may have a cool okay. watch. I don't know. Uh, and his main power is that he has terrible, terrible breath that can knock anybody out. And That's Belly Bomb. That's yeah. Belly Bomb. Uh, and yeah. he is going to be fighting uh, from the 1987 cartoon uh leatherhead specifically Ooh. cajun leatherhead yeah oh pretty about jim cummings i don't know what yeah. the hell that was v- yeah voiced by the 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 incomparable jim cummings that's true he he yeah. guarantee he do guarantee <laughs> so it's like smelly okay. space gangster versus yeah. uh louisiana alligator man yeah they both have big chomping teeth mhm they're pretty much equal in that department it's belly a chomp bomb off. Belly Bomb has, like, super smelly breath powers. Leatherhead lives in a swamp. I don't think he's concerned about smells. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles will return after these messages. Okay, is Leatherhead a crocodile or an alligator? Sure. Because I don't want to get this wrong. Yeah, I, I know. Some, it would be, it would be alligator if it's New Orleans kind of... Apparently, it, it is sometimes an alligator and sometimes a crocodile because, uh, listen, they didn't do well, a lot of research. They just didn't care. Follow, no. Follow-up question, because I think I think original Mirage was an alligator because it was a, based on, like, the, you know, yeah. kids with, with baby turtles and baby alligators. But right. there's no alligators in Australia, right? It's crocodiles? Uh, I believe so. Due yes. to, you know, the, the crocodile hunter. He's not the yeah. alligator hunter. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's but, true. So the the He's new the alligator ally because because the, the leatherhead in the new movie is voiced by Australia's own Rose uh, Rose McGowan. Oh, Rose Byrne, Australia. Rose yeah. Byrne. Is she? Oh, Rose Byrne. Sorry, Rose, Rose McGowan. McGowan is Jesus American. Christ! Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. very like, embarrassed. That's fine. So is Rose McGowan. Anyway. We now return to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Doesn't matter. He's a big lizard guy. And their sense of smell? Not that great. I looked it up. Trust me. Okay. Then I would give it to him. I think so. Chomp, chomp. I think that... Death roll. Also, like... He's gonna take, one, he's gonna take a crawdad and stick it in his eye and... The smell issue, the smell issue out of the way. I mean, they're both, I, they both are pretty physically intimidating. I think. I think Leatherhead has the edge a bit, but if worse comes to sh- uh, push comes to shove, he's got like a like a lobster on his belt. Mm-hmm. He just pokes that lobster in Belly Bum's big eye. It's over. It's over. Lobster claw. Yeah. Me plus, eye. he's got a knife. I got it's, and a knife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. Oh, if the crowdie don't get you with this hand, well, guess what this is? It's not a spoon. Oh, so you've played knifey lobster before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm a, I'm from New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's not, that's not originally. Not, you're saying that that's not? Okay, that's fine. All right. I'm going to bury you in a grave that's not quite going to cover everything because this place is slowly sinking. Here? Yeah? Oh, uh-huh. 
Anyway, we beat my best friend, Gambit. Hello, I'm Gambit, and I'm also here. And I'm Bonjour. And I'm Michelangelo, and I'm also here. I don't think this is the real Michelangelo. I'm not convinced. Mr. Black. <laughs> the last Ronin. The last Ronin. My name is Guy Incognito. <laughs> sure, I'm the last oh. Ronin. There's tons of last Ronins. <laughs> so what are we saying? Who, who wins? Oh, it's Leatherhead. Oh, Leatherhead. For sure, Leatherhead. Okay. For sure, All Leatherhead. Right. Sorry, Billy Bob. I guarantee right. it's Leatherhead. Yeah, yeah. Heroes in a hat shell. Okay, final final of the first round. Uh, it is Baxter Stockman, mm-hmm. nineteen eighty seven cartoon Baxter Stockman turned himself into a fly, or somebody yep. turned him into a fly. Jeff Crane. Goldblum, let's Crane say. did it. Also, yeah, go, go, Jeff that, Goldblum was there too. He they just sort of they were both in there, the and then like the fly thing went to Baxter Stockman. Jeff Goldblum walked out like, oh geez, that's that's a relief, Frank and then Christ. he just left. Yeah, yeah, he danced away. Yeah, see you later, Crane. Yeah. Uh, and he will be fighting the uh, the IDW version of Metalhead, who is oh. Donatello's brain in a robot body, or a clone of Donatello's brain in a robot body, but they yeah. went crazy because they're like, I'm Donatello, but that's Donatello over there, so I guess I'm evil. Yeah. Went, uh, I'm a, a big-ass robot. Like, like, like the, the usual, like, kind of like a Rhinox situation big. where he's like a, you know, in a big robot body. But, like, what if we took away this this gentle giant's uh, conscience, mm-hmm. conscience, you know what I mean? Like, just, just yeah. got all the intelligence, but none of the actual... Uh, compassion. Compassion. So, Empathy. Yeah. Feeling. Because it can't feel anything because it's in a robot body and it doesn't That's have true. any... I feel like there's going to be a squash fly. I mean, just, Baxter just, Stockman, a brilliant scientist, can fly true. away. Metalhead can also fly, though. That's true. And this is like 1987 Baxter Stockman, who is... Yes, he's white. <laughs> <laughs> true. Uh, yes. Uh, but also uh, a bit of a weenus. I, I, I think you can he call him a bit of, of a weenus. weenus. You're, true. You're right. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. He can, you know, if he's in an arcade game, he can have a big energy fly swatter hand thing and mm-hmm. smack you around. But this one doesn't have that. I mean, he's certainly got some... He could certainly be uh, a real pain. Much like a fly that's in your house. But mm. I, I Much just... like a fly in, in the recording studio with me. Oh. Hi, Jeff. Keep the camera rolling. Jeff, say ba-ga-ga-ga. Say ga-ga-ga. And I say, I, I have ten other things. Let me hear. Watch this. The ga 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 And I just I'd start improvising. R- really fun. I haven't seen it for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just feel like... IDW Metalhead would just mercilessly kill Baxter. This Baxter. And also, like, their universe's Baxter is a quite quite a malevolent schemer. Uh, mm-hmm. And a, a brilliant one at that. And, you know, this Baxter, great at making robots and mousers and stuff. Pretty bad at not failing every time. Uh, yeah. so. And let's let's remember he's also from just a kid's cartoon. That's true. So yes. That version is you know yeah pretty tame. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If it was any other Baxter, it might be a different story. But uh, this particular yeah. Baxter couldn't do it. I don't think so. All right. Metalhead. Well, is that decides. I think that decides it. Yeah. Take him apart. It's, it's Metalhead. Heroes in a hat shell. Uh, going into the uh, the semifinals, uh, next up is Karai versus Cuddly. 
<laughs> so we talked about how how uh, last Ronan Michelangelo would not be willing to to fight his dear old friend Cudley the Cadillac. Uh, Karai is just going to cut this thing in half. Oh, big time! Uh, like even if, but even, how uh, with a what... sword? <laughs> but you're ta- the way you're describing it. It's enormous. It's I it's would big. say. It's big. To get fed four turtles in his, in mouth. his mouth. I would say it's probably, you know, the size of like, the room that I'm in. Yeah, That's like helpful it's, for the audience. Yeah. See, yeah. that that's not comfortable to have four turtles Well, it's in. like comfortable enough. And have enough room for the head and the space. Of the Are you going to make me look the up neck. the actual dimensions of Cuddly the Cadillac? Because <laughs> I'm sure somebody has <laughs> done <laughs> I'm sure somebody has done this. I, I, you I mean, know. he probably he probably has like hammer space in his mouth, and it's not yeah. as it's bigger on the inside. His he has a big flat cow tongue, and it can scoop up four mutant turtles and put them in there. But like his mouth is huge, like it's like a at least a it's like a big pin particle. Yeah. Mouth. yeah, so he's big. Okay, here's here's my argument. Here's my argument. She doesn't have to kill him. She it's just true. has to get him to quit. And I think Kedley is a little bit of a baby. And is gonna get kicked in the face a couple times. That is gonna like I don't, you're, you're I'm not, not, I don't fight. Okay. I, you have I'm a cow point head. There. I'm the that, head of a cow. That is, you have a Ooh. very good point there. Moo, moo. He's not used to. I talk. Like, he's I not talk, used though. to it's this okay. though. He's not like used to this level of like you know aggression. I think he's a pretty. He seems like a gentle soul. You know, this aggression will not stand, man. So I think, yeah, I, I, I like to believe. You've convinced me. I like to You've believe Karai would not kill Cudley. <laughs> okay, but do enough damage to yeah. dissuade the fight. Certainly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bry, um, can you Cudley go doesn't want to die. He wants to find his his. Uh, he wants yeah, to find his no one running wants to body. Die. Yeah, yeah, I understand, Bry. If you just if you just there's there's some lovely flowers over there. I'd love you for you to look at them. Merc, can I can I talk to you over here? Sure. So, like, she f- killed that cow, right? Like, that cow's dead. Yeah. She, she okay. killed him. Yeah. Like, we're yeah, going to tell Bri that he's sleeping. Oh, yeah. But yeah, uh, that cow's f- dead. Well, it's, it's like so when you good. put a pet down, you don't always want to tell the child about yeah. it. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. We want to let them down. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We- hey, Bri. Okay. It's hey, buddy. Buddy. Hey. Huh? Hey, huh? Bri. Hey. Hey. Okay. Yeah. So, that was really a lot of fun, huh? Yeah, I like smelling all of those flowers, but I think they were plastic. Next up in the in the uh, the second semifinal match is the Battle of the Heads. That's right, Leatherhead versus Metalhead. Which head is harder? Ooh. I lo- this is a good one. This is a good matchup. Yeah, I think so. I tell mean, me more. <sighs> tell me more. Tell me more. Leatherhead, even like '87, Jim Cummings, Louisiana, uh, whatever. Leatherhead, Swamp Gator, strong as hell. I'm He's a, a big from boy. The, swamp. The, the action figure might uh, make you think otherwise, but this guy's huge. Mm-hmm. He's a big alligator. He is. Yeah. A little, okay. So I mean, like, he's pretty tough. I mean, like, I know that Metalhead is a robot or robot, mm-hmm. but uh, robot. But you know, he he might not have the immediate physical. Like, I think that they could maybe contend with each other pretty pretty well. Yeah. This Leatherhead isn't like a, a scientist, though. Like other leatherheads, this is this this Mm-mm. is this is the dumbest leatherhead by far. 
That's really saying something. <laughs> yeah. Some of, well, some of these leatherheads. Leatherhead is, is a pretty smart guy. Usually this yes, leatherhead. Right. Sometimes really he's brainwashed. Cooking the gumbo. Yeah. Look, it's not our fault that they didn't give it's any of these gumbo characters personalities yeah. Yeah. in the old cartoon. It's not our fault. It's not our fault. It's not our fault. Um, yeah, so that's my only, my only, the only thing I can think of that might shift things a bit is that Leatherhead generally is, like, in a swamp or in a wet place. And, I mean, like, mm-hmm. how is that, is, is Metalhead, like, a robot who can withstand a lot of moisture? I assume. I assume he's a pretty fancy robot. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I, I, yeah, I, I think so. I think he's he's been... I mean, he's probably not flawless. There's probably some no. way to to get water in there, but yeah. I don't know if Leatherhead's going to be the one to find it's it. It's like a Death Star thing. There's yeah. one little chamber. You got to go right up the butt canal. That's right, and that's where it is. <laughs> Almost there. And he's good. <laughs> Almost there. And Leatherhead is and it's definitely. A Leather- oh, I went just off the Ooh, rim. No. no, and he 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 tried uh, to do it classic with his metalhead rim job. Oh yeah, and he he uh, used his lobster. Uh, I, I hate to say, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I don't think he, I don't think he'd be able to. Uh, yeah, like that's the tricky part. I mean, like a genius. He would take robot. the lobster and take the claw and start undoing the rivets. Yeah, like oh, yeah. perhaps and, and screwing bits. But and at the, and at that point, know. Metalhead has already put a, a laser beam through yeah. Leatherhead's brain. Yeah. Yeah, tragically, the, no the 1987 cartoon squad is, uh, you know, like, people no. people had some issues no. with that Turtles Forever movie, but were they entirely wrong? I don't think they're up to most of this stuff. This it was, it was a goofy pretty show. Intense. For a, a goofy, goofy show. And bless it. Bless yeah. it. Yes. Yes. So, but yeah, I, I think, you know. So we're saying Metalhead. I think yeah. Metalhead. It's gotta be Metalhead. Heroes in a half shell. So, in the finals, that means Metalhead is is moving on and is going to be fighting Karai, the head of the Foot Clan of Ooh. Japan. Wow. Femme Fatale Ninja Assassin Boss Lady versus Robertle, the turtle with a heart <laughs> of steel. Robertle? Yeah, it's a Robo Turtle. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say one thing Robo- up front. Robodurtle. Robodurtle. Ro- Robotello? Was it? Robotello. Yeah. It's Donatello? Yeah. It's a Robotello. Yeah. He's a Donatello. It's a No, that's just two turtle I apologize. Things. I apologize for that. I want some Robotello, but then uh, they told me that's illegal, so mm-hmm. I don't do Robotello anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it seems like, it seems ill-advised, but they're all Italian names, so what are we supposed to do? Yeah. Wait. Um, wait, that's French. <laughs> oh. uh, Donatello typically is not... I don't want to say this. It's not like, you know, always the case, but he's usually not like necessarily the most physically proficient of the turtles. As far as ninja right. skills go, he's certainly very good, but he's not the best of the of the four. Karai he's really is good at other stuff and that makes up for it, but when it comes to actually fighting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if this comes down to a fight, I mean, at the same time though, in a robot body. That is, yeah. Uh, I was like, like, "This is a different body, and there's no conscience." You mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like yeah, literally so like Donatello. No, it's so it's not like it's like a yeah, like a version of Donatello. But um, yeah, but, like he was Donatello, and then he he progressed past that. Yeah, from his perspective, yeah. Um, so like, how how do you think he's like quite comfortable in the body? I assume he would. 
I think so. Well, he because he was in the original metalhead body that's just like a short little turtle, and then yeah. he built a no, second like a, body that was, you know, a big tough, big jacked Hulk. Yeah, not at all overcompensating. <laughs> no, uh. no. Well, he knows what he lost. Um, I think we talked about at the beginning of the episode, or maybe even before recording, about uh, Ninja Turtle penis size, and we did agree <laughs> that Donatello has the biggest penis of the Ninja Turtles. Um, yeah, but, but Metalhead, Metalhead has none at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've taken. So it. I mean, there that's it's, it's bound to he, drive him you insane. You might you might even say he got screwed. He got short. He's snapped. a robot, you see. He's screwed. Lots of screws screwed. in him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's full yeah. of screws. Yeah. Yes. Um. So there is that. I mean, like Karai is very, very like I would say like a high up there, very good ninja as far as ninja skills go. Yes. She's she's tops. So I mean, she'll definitely be able but, to. But like cutting up metal is a whole other game. Taking a metal sword yeah. to a car. You know, <laughs> that's a good might, point. Might not work, but I mean, you know, what about the joints? The joints? Yeah. Oh, the joints are made of even harder metal. It turns out. Yeah. Oh, no. Yes. Like she put up a hell of a fight at the very least. I, you know, I like to think that she. Oh, they're both. Unless so she ruthless, goes up though. that Death they're Star both Canal. Ruthless. There is a <laughs> yes, as we established. The tunnel of love. Yeah. yeah. De- like one way or the other, uh, Leatherhead is. I'm sorry, not Leatherhead. Metalhead. Is not in one piece at the end of this thing for sure. I Metalhead, Metalhead at one point does throw Leatherhead at Karai. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who is just sleeping? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Puts a Leatherhead head in her bed. Yeah. Uh, oh God. Um, say that five times fast. <sighs> With a leatherhead head in her bed. 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 I got. I think. I think metalhead. I think it would be one of those like really brutal battles. I think that she would just take pieces of him off, and uh, perhaps get a little too cocky or think that it's over. But again, yeah, he's a robot. Just because you think mm-hmm. he's down and out doesn't mean he's out. And uh, I feel that metalhead yep. would absolutely take a cheap shot. When she lowers her guard for a oh, yeah. laser Absolutely. blast. Absolutely. Yeah. Because Karai also is one who has mercy. This is this one, you know, she's brutal yes. and she can be vicious, but she's not, you know, like a villain. She's never really She's was. not the shredder. Yeah. No, exactly. Like she, you know, like that's the thing is they often do that in the adaptations that she's, you know, has a bad phase and she has to come back from or whatever. This one didn't really do that at all. She was just wanted to get her foot clan in order. And she she lost somebody you cared about and was very upset and vengeful about that. But you know mm-hmm. was was kind of a good person mostly. So you yeah, know, like I feel kept like, the peace. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Metalhead has none of that. So that might get, this is a cynical end to this uh, Ninja Turtles battle. But uh, what can Ruins we say? That's what happens? August, That's when you have a bunch of ninjas battling. That's what happens. Yeah, August oddness are at best bittersweet after all. Yes. Hmm. Summer romances, you know. <laughs> okay, so I guess I guess Metalhead how do you think Metalhead beats Karai? Um What's painful. the killing blow? I think that uh I think that like literally they they're fighting, she gets a lot of hits in, she's not doing great. Um she takes off like some limbs, stabs him. I think, like, through the head at some point. Gets it up in there and through, and, like, his lights go out, and she thinks she's defeated him. 
no, no, no. All a trick. She starts to hobble off, uh, and then the lights come back on. Leatherhead raises the hand. is almost out. And just, uh, you know, I think some sort of a laser shot. And then he crawls through this compactor. Yeah, yeah, that. yes. <laughs> laser shot, just takes her down. Yeah. Does he kill her? Probably. Maybe Maybe he just misses, who knows. But uh, it's, it's a cheap shot. Once she thinks it's, uh, she, he tricks her, I think is how it goes down. But, uh, but it's a close one. Yeah. That's how I think so. That's just me. This isn't canon or anything. Unless it is. Do it, if you disagree, do it yourself at home and see what results you get. <laughs> you can buy so many toys. Mm-hmm. Make them kiss. <laughs> Metalhead and that note. <laughs> on that, on that, on that note, uh, who are we? I'll go right now. We're back, baby. I'm Brycotic. Uh, you can find my comic at welcometohereafter.com. And you can find me on Instagram, Tumblr, maybe other social media platforms. Who knows? Under B-R-Y-K-O-T-Y-K. I am Merck. You can find me at MerkAsylum.ca, M-E-R-K-A-S-Y-L-U-M.ca. Merck on Facebook. Merck and not like astronaut on the Instagrams. And my name is Kyle Lees. You can check my stuff out at thekylelees.com or the Kyle Lees on Instagram or Facebook. I look forward to seeing you there. He will see you there. I will. I'm, we'll I'm watching. I'm watching. Uh, also, as ever, big thanks to uh, to K. Preston Merkley uh, for doing all the music that you hear in this and every single episode of this show. Uh, Ocean City Defender. Ocean City Defender. Check out this Ocean City. Check out the defending that is getting done for this Ocean City by yeah, this Ocean City the music. Defender. The music, not the yes. video game. Our music uh, was not done by a sentient video game, but God, can you imagine? <laughs> we would be rich. rich. We'd be unstoppable. Right. We'll see you next week, good folks. Or hear you. Or you'll hear us. Whatever. You get it. Heroes in a half shell. <laughs> That said, I mean, like, a giant cow head. I mean, like, I guess you could, you know, if the cow decided to lick you up. (laughs) ¶¶